a Highline podcast. It goes without saying that this podcast contains spoilers. If you value ignorance in your reading and watching experience, maybe come back to this show after you've read and watched the featured material. But let's be honest, if you don't know already, he sees dead people. Welcome to Author's Intent. Welcome back to Author's Intent. I am your host, Dixie Lee. Um, I just want to jump like right in. I'm going to skip announcements and any other garbage. I'll talk about that at the end. Um, so at the very at the very end of the episode last last Sunday, um, we talked about Katniss going and blowing up the the collection of food and and supplies that the tri- uh the career tributes had set up outside of the cornucopia big thing that is that is missing throughout the rest of the movie specifically Katniss blows up like a pretty big portion of the like land right in front of the cornucopia um and for the rest of the movie anytime you see the cornucopia or the land in front of the cornucopia there's like no damage there's like no debris nothing it's like clean pristine grass around this place like we we literally we literally watched Katniss blow up a bunch of stuff and uh they just conveniently took all of that out and there are a few things actually in the movie that just kind of disappear uh there's a scene where um she gets she gets like a scratch on her face um when one of the other tributes attacks her and then in the scene immediately following it she no longer has this cut on her face um and this is just like they a a lot of things in the movies they weren't able to keep straight between scenes um and it's just confusing um but back to the explosion of all of the supplies when Katniss blows up this area um she actually like loses hearing in her ear I can't remember which one I think it's her left ear after the uh supplies blow up uh she like she doesn't pass out but she gets blown back by the explosion um and she her ear starts to actually bleed and like for the rest of for the rest of the time in the actual games she cannot hear out of this ear it is her left ear checked (laughs) <laughs> so after after all of this goes down, after she blows up all of the supplies, um, after she goes to find Rue um, and Rue passes away, I said that they made an announcement over the speakers in the actual arena saying that if your counterpart from your district is alive, the team, the two of them can actually win. This That was the end of part two and the very beginning of part three begins with Katniss literally yelling Peta's name and her being like, oh crap, like if there are any other tributes around, like they definitely heard me just scream Peta's name. Um, so in the book, um, his name is Claudius Templesmith, but in, in the movie it is uh, Seneca Crane that announces over the the like loudspeaker that the rule has changed and they they announce it a couple times but in in the movie they only announce it once the next part of this book she 
she uh, runs around and she's trying to find PETA. She goes back to the tree where she dropped the hive from the tracker jackers um, and she's trying to retrace her steps, trying to figure out where PETA is because we learn when when Katniss is uh, sick and hallucinating and Rue takes care of her, Rue tells Katniss after she wakes up that PETA was hurt because, I mean, he, he essentially uh, warned Katniss that one of the tributes was coming to kill her um and then that tribute took it out on Peta, and we learned that he gets like a huge wound in his uh thigh from a sword cut um i i literally have no idea how he didn't die i mean it would ruin like the entire point of the series if he had died but like why would you just leave him with this wound? Peta gets this huge wound. He's no longer with the career tributes. Um, he runs off and he hides. Um, and it's not very clear how long he hides for um, in the movie. Like she finds him almost immediately. She looks for like the better part of a day. One thing that you learn in uh, in the very beginning of the book and in, in the movie, Peta is actually really, really a really really talented artist and he he kind of mastered the ability to uh camouflage himself so he does that he uh camouflages himself to look like part of a riverbed like in the movie oh my gosh it's so cool like he paints one of his arms to look like a log um and then he covers himself with like moss and you know small stones and stuff like that like literally would not have seen him at all if he didn't move uh but in the in the book uh Katniss uh, actually follows like a trail of blood that she's pretty sure is from Peta, and follow and where Peta is hiding in the movie is it's like kind of out in the open uh like despite how well he camouflaged himself it's still like pretty open space like I would definitely put money on tributes walking through there regularly because it is a source of clean uh, fresh water, which, um, as we learn from Katniss earlier in the book, is hard to come by when there's a lot of tributes running around, like she almost dies from dehydration. But um, in the movie, he is hiding essentially like right next to a river. In the books, he is hiding like super far upstream, um, like a tiny, tiny little creek. There's a rock outcropping um, that this little creek runs through, um, and he is actually hiding there, and Katniss is sneaking around through this area of of the wilderness within the arena um and she's actually like intermittently saying Peta's name and then we actually hear Peta say you're here to finish me off sweetheart um and this is when Katniss actually finds Peta um and like the book describes his wound and like how he looks and everything way way in way more detail like than you ever see in the movie like it is disgusting by this point in in time in the arena the wound on Peta's leg is like festering like there's pus and it's just nasty he's still suffering from stings from the tracker jacker venom uh he is like right right near death's door he is like right on top of it um and definitely would have died uh from from his wounds had Peta or had Katniss not found him and and this is another this is another scene where uh the size of the characters that they picked or the actors that they picked to play these characters comes into play Katniss is again supposed to be the smaller more lean athletic um and she's definitely taller um, and like more built. Um, so there's a whole thing about Katniss not being able to like help Peta stand up and like pick him up and like bring him to a place that maybe has better shelter, is drier so that like she can take care of him. Like I think they spend 
like at least a day or two right next to this creek because Peta is too weak to stand up. He can't he can't lift himself up off of the ground. There's a whole, I think it's like a paragraph in the book where it talks about Katniss like trying to roll Peta over um, away from the water so that she can, you know, set him up on this rock and like get his pants off, get his clothes off and clean them so that like the wound doesn't get any more infected and all this stuff. Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss could have easily, easily, handily picked Josh Hutcherson up just like willy-nilly just like thrown him over her shoulder that's just not a reality in the in the uh in the movie <laughs> like Katniss should have been smaller Peta should have been taller it, it's just there's no going back and fixing it now um there is also there like when she uh helps she helps Peta um out of his clothes there's a a lot of internal dialogue about like she definitely does not for any under any circumstance want to see Peta naked but like she has to take his clothes off to clean them or he's just gonna get more sick um the next the next portion of this of this um she and Peta spend a lot of time talking about their relationship and now it is possible for them to both leave the arena and with Peta how he is right now, like the the heavy lifting quite literally is going to be on Katniss. Like Peta can't really do anything. He can't help. He can like sit up and like keep watch, but like he has no skills in like hunting or even killing at this point. So Peta is essentially dead weight to Katniss, but Katniss is uh determined to keep Peta alive so that they both can win. The Hunger Games. Um, they spend. They find this cave towards the edge of the arena um, that they are able to like sleep in. Like it's big enough for both of them to to lay in. Um, it's well hidden. Like you can't see the opening of it from outside of the cave, which is convenient. So like if a tribute were to walk by, they wouldn't just happen upon it. They had to be looking for it. Um, in the in the movie, it's kind of a huge cave. <laughs> like it is humongous. You could spot it from a mile away. So they spend a lot of time talking about their relationship. They are talking about uh, what Peta said at uh, the interview um, before they entered into the arena. Um, and they talk about, well, Peta tells Katniss specifically how much he admired her when she was younger. Um, he talks a lot about her father, talks about his father a lot and how his father actually really wanted to marry Katniss's mom. Katniss's mom obviously ended up marrying Katniss's father. This also explains why Peta's father promised Katniss that he would, you know, take care of Prim and all of these things because he, it kind of seems like he still has feelings for Katniss's mom. Prim, um, as we learn just from uh, the basic description in the book, Prim is like copy paste, looks exactly like her mom. In the movie, uh, like there's, they don't talk about a lot of, they talk some, but like it's a it's a movie so they got to make it really dramatic and nothing kills a mood faster than a girl telling a boy about how she got a pet goat for her little sister but it's a big part of of the story she tells the story about how how she got the the goat the goat's name is lady for her little sister um but in 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 the book she she when she's telling the story because she knows that the capital is recording this and that the capital could be listening she fibs in the story a little bit she tweaks it a little bit so that nobody in district 12 will get in trouble for how she says things but in the book in her mind we see her saying like this is actually what happened and that's just another thing that you're not going to get without voiceovers but voiceovers aren't always 
great in movies. So we learn that Katniss's mom is essentially a healer. Um, she isn't like officially a doctor, um, but it those are hard to come by in the lower districts. Katniss's mom is uh, very well known in District 12 just because she is a healer. You learn this from, you know, Primrose and Katniss. Their names are these herbs and spices that you can find in the wilderness um, that a lot of people in the lower districts use medicinally, which is also why Rue knew what kind of leaf would help draw out the poison of the tracker jacker venom. But we learn that Katniss's mom uh, is a healer, so Katniss knows some things about some medicines that um, they would have used. Uh, there is a, the most popular of these ones is sleep syrup that uh, is used in a lot of the the lower districts and it is it is made from like a berry mixture it's it's a it's like a sweet syrupy kind of like cough syrup and so Peta and katniss are in this in this cave talking and at one point uh the the loudspeaker comes on again and they announce that there is a gift or there's a feast i believe at the cornucopia um which means for the tributes that they're are things that each tribute needs, and the capital is willing to provide them given that these tributes are willing to come to the cornucopia and get them, which is extremely dangerous, especially when you're down to as few tributes that are in the arena right now. So Katniss, of course, hears this announcement and knows that the capital is sending medicine and food and stuff for herself and for PETA, more specifically for PETA, because like if he doesn't get medicine at this point, he is essentially done for. Considering how dangerous it is to actually go to the cornucopia and get those things, PETA makes a point of saying like, do not under any circumstances go to the cornucopia. And you see this in the movie. He does he does uh, say all this stuff and Katniss agrees begrudgingly that she won't go to the cornucopia. In the movie, PETA just falls asleep. Like he just goes to bed and Katniss is keeping watch, quote unquote. Um, and while he's asleep, she sneaks out of the cave to go to the cornucopia. But as I mentioned, uh, they have this uh, fancy sleep syrup uh, that they use in a lot of the the districts. Um, it was sent to Katniss from Haymitch as like a sponsor gift, specifically because PETA would not let Katniss go to get the gift at the cornucopia. Katniss actually sneaks this uh, sleeping syrup into, I think it's a, like a bowl of soup or like hot water or something like that. Um, and she, you know, tells tells PETA that it's like tea or like a broth or something. And because it is so popular in the districts, in the lower districts, PETA knows what it is, but he has already taken a sip of this broth mixture and then he realizes what was in it and, you know, starts to fall asleep and he gets openly angry at Katniss. Like, why are you doing this? I can't believe you just drugged me so that you could do this. Um, and Katniss apologizes. All that stuff. Um, so, of course, Katniss goes to the cornucopia to get the supplies. Um, I'm skipping over some some things just like I don't really want to talk about teenagers making out. Um, they do that a lot in this part of the book. <laughs> Peta and Katniss, they kiss a lot in this. Um, Katniss, of course, is operating under the function of like, people are going to be more invested in this story if I prove, if I show that I am emotionally invested in Peta. So that's why she is kissing Peta. And then, of course, Peta is just in love with Katniss. So he just, you know, does it because, you know, horny teenagers. Ugh, gross. 
<laughs> after after Peta gets angry and ends up falling asleep, Katniss, you know, makes sure that he has water near him, he has food near him, so that if she doesn't make it back by the time he wakes up, he will have supplies um, to hopefully get himself through the Hunger Games, um, which is real dark to think about. <laughs> Uh, so she she makes her way to the cornucopia um, and it's it's, you know, dead silent. She can't hear out of one ear, but um, it's still like pins and needles waiting for other tributes to just appear and come grab their grab their bag. Um, and each bag is labeled with the district number. So we see a girl that Katniss calls Foxface come out um, and she grabs her bag. We see Thresh. He comes out and grabs his. And this is when Katniss decides that this is the time for her to go get her bag so she you know runs for it ends up grabbing her bag and makes to run away but the one of the girls from the other district her name is clove the one that threw knives at katniss at the very beginning of the hunger games in the arena she ends up attacking katniss and pinning her to the ground um and katniss of course yells for peter Peta's name to distract her try to get her to think that Peta is waiting in the in the bushes on the outside of the uh, the visible area. Um, in the movie, she just struggles a lot, but like doesn't say anything. And this is actually when Katniss gets the cut on her face that magically disappears in the next scene. This plays out pretty, pretty accurately. Um, it's pretty gruesome. The lines that um, the the girl Clove says in the movie, oh, gut-wrenching. She makes a point, Clove makes a point of like, I'm going to kill you slowly um, and talks about Rue dying and asking asking uh, Katniss like how she feels about her little friend dying. Um, and this is actually when uh, Thresh overhears Clove talking about Rue um, and we see Thresh grab Clove and just like beat the living daylight out of her. Um, um, and he specifically says like, are you talking about Rue? And in the movie, oh my god, like talk about a horrible way to die. Thresh is huge, by the way, like he is humongous. Um, and he just like has her by the throat um, and he beats her up against the cornucopia and essentially snaps her neck and just lets her drop to the ground. Um, and this is where we see Thresh turn to Katniss, who is still on the ground. Thresh says specifically like he's not gonna kill Katniss because of what she did for Rue. He turns and leaves and she books it back to the cave. Hello, my friends. You made it halfway through the episode, so now you will be rewarded with ads. Everyone loves ads, right? First, I want to say that I am so excited for Author's Intent to be a part of the Highline Network. We join the network alongside shows like No Normal People, Ravel, and Into. Here's a teaser from our sister show, Whiskey Bench. I've gone back to how do you regulate your emotions? How do you perceive events? And one of the biggest things, and maybe it's a fake it till you make it or lie to yourself kind of thing, you get to a, you get to a, a split in the road when something bad happens to you. You can say, why is this happening to me? Or this, this happened to me in a negative sense. Or you can say to yourself, this happened for me. And I've taken the this happened for me route continually. And it does wonders.
You can find Authors Intent anywhere you find podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at A underscore Intent Podcast and Instagram at Authors Intent. I mentioned that the the bags that were left for each of the districts, they're labeled by their district number. Um, we actually see that Thresh takes District 2's bag as well, which means that Cato, if he needed something, now Thresh has it. Um, and this actually, it fuels Cato going to find Thresh and kill him. In the movie, we see we see Thresh die, um, but in the book, we don't know specifically how he dies. Um, but it is made pretty clear that it is probably, Cato definitely killed him, but he he did it because Thresh took Cato's um, supplies from the Capitol. And that's not at all how he dies in the movie. Um, so in the book, when, when Katniss gets back back to the cave in the book it mentions how Peta has definitely has blood poisoning and his medicine is like in a syringe it's like an antibiotic um in the movie there is no mention of blood poisoning um and the medicine that they get in the bag is in like the form of a like a balm um kind of like bag balm which is <laughs> a weird comparison sorry um <laughs> it's like they don't have udders they're not cows anyway um so it's a balm in the movie which is actually what Katniss gets earlier in the movie when she burns her leg um so it it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why why they would use a balm for burns on an open wound like that's just like i i don't know about you but like i if i have a giant gaping wound on somewhere on my body i'm not gonna stick like jello in it like <laughs> I, like i get it it's fictional but like that just seems like it's gonna make the problem worse but you know whatever you do you also um so as i said katniss gets this cut on her forehead um and then in the next scene she doesn't have the cut and then immediately after that she has the cut again and Peta is rubbing this balm on the cut and it's like clearly you got a sharpie and you just like made a red line over her eye and then you rubbed some bag balm on it and now it's smearing and it doesn't look like she has a cut at all it just looks like you got you're trying to wash marker off this little girl's face and it's just uh, let's up the budget a little bit more on on the on the injuries the fake injuries that you put on people like i know you had at least ten dollars that you could have put towards that cut on katniss's face so in the in the book Peter's leg is like almost completely healed after he has the medicine supplied in the movie his leg is severely injured and you just put this goop in it um so he's still like limping so Peter and katniss are in this cave for a while they're in there for a few days um it gets to the point where they kind of run out of food run out of the food that katniss has specifically hunted and katniss doesn't feel comfortable leaving Peter in the cave while she's hunting so they they go without food for like a couple days and then essentially as a reward for these teenagers making out Hamish sends a sponsor gift in the form of like a feast to uh katniss and Peta, um and they have that and that holds them holds them off for a few days it starts to rain while they're in the cave great source of fresh fresh uh water but kind of hard for hunting but 
like I said, they get this they get this supply of food from Haymitch. This is when this is when Thresh dies. So Thresh uh, clearly was tracked down by Cato after he took the gift at the cornucopia um, and he was killed out in that field that I mentioned in the second episode. Um, in the movie, there's no rain. There's like no food is sent from Hamish, um, and they hunt all the time. Like there's no problems. Um, so they they decide that essentially it's it's them. So it's Peta and Katniss, the girl from District Five, who Katniss calls Foxface, and Cato left in the games. So Katniss and Peta decide like if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we need to do it now. Like we need to get on get on it and um either make it so that Cato kills Foxface or Foxface kills Cato and then it's just three of them and it'll be easier because there's two kids from district 12 and then one kid from either district 2 or district 5. So they decide to leave the cave. They uh, make their way uh down towards the cornucopia. Katniss decides that they need to get some food uh because they kind of are running low on the feast that they got from Hamish. Um, in the movie, they're just getting food because they're starving. Um, so Peta specifically goes to collect like berries and stuff like that. And Katniss goes to, you know, hunt for small game like rabbit or squirrel or something. We hear a cannon go off, which the cannon signifies another tribute dying. And of course, she's not with Peta, so she's worried that someone got to Peta and killed him. So immediately she runs to go see if Peta's okay. And we see that Peta is, he's fine. He's totally fine, alive, awake. Um, <laughs> he's holding a bunch of berries and Katniss freaks out because these berries are poisonous. Like, w- you will die immediately. I think this is probably like my, for the first movie, this is probably my biggest pet peeve. So in the very beginning of the book, when they're doing uh, the the tribute training, they have options to go learn to tie knots and like build fires and all this stuff. Um, we see the girl that is called Foxface by Katniss at this one station in in the training area, and she's like labeling different plants, and she's doing like she's not even like blinking, like she can do it so well. And then we find out that when she's in in the arena she eats a poisonous berry and dies like i don't think the director thought that through at all they should have picked another kid to do that that fancy computer work because like doesn't make any sense that she would know plants and herbs and you know natural stuff so well and then she would eat a berry and die but whatever it's fine the movies are made i can't fix it Um, but that's why we're here talking about it right (laughs) um so katniss of course freaks out and tells tells Peta like do not eat these under any circumstances these will kill you immediately you will die so fast you won't even have another thought in your mind you'll just be like "Mm, sweet berries and then you'd be dead (laughs) but she also decides to package some of these berries up into like a handkerchief um specifically to see if maybe Cato likes berries and he doesn't know any better and then they wouldn't have to worry about like actually killing him so um they you know of course find fox face she she's just you know dead on the ground after eating some berries they decide like there's only there's only three of them left in the arena so there's no point in trying to hide the game makers are obviously going to try and push them together so that they can uh you know finish finish the games faster 
in a more exciting way. So Katniss and Peeta decide to make their way down to the lake that is right near the cornucopia. At the lake, Katniss and Peeta, of course, have some more conversations about their relationship and all that stuff. Um, we, in the movie, so they find, they find Foxface after she dies. Um, and they find the berries that she had eaten. And in the movie, they literally, like, the sun goes down almost immediately. And Katniss says, like, oh, they just want the, the games to end. And then Katniss and Peeta, you know, start to walk towards the cornucopia in the movie. I'm not sure. Um, in the movie, Thresh is still alive at this point. Um, and uh, they all kind of make their way towards the cornucopia. In the, in the book, they are actually sitting by this lake having a conversation and then they hear something behind them and they turn and they see Cato running towards them and of course Katniss is like oh crap here we go and you know draws her bow gets ready to shoot this guy um and then she sees what's chasing him um and this is one of the things that was manufactured by the capital to put into the arena they're called mutations um or specifically mutts these are similar to like jabber jays and tracker jackers they are created by the capital to be used in the games um these ones are beyond terrifying they're described as being like mastiff like dog creatures or wolf like creatures the defining features though are their eyes uh specifically the mutations were created using dead tributes like genes our engineered DNA and the the eyes of these mutts look like the eyes of all the tributes that have already passed away in the games, which is just messed up. So messed up. It's so gross. Like they totally nailed like exactly what I thought these these mutts looked like. Oh, but like I mean they can't like slow it down and show you their eyes. There's no there's no point. <laughs> but in the book they specifically say like she's Katniss sees one and her eye the the mutt's eyes look exactly like Rue's eyes how she remembers Rue's eyes um so these mutts actually chase they chase Kato to the to the lake um and Kato like sh- the, he sees Katniss and Peeta at the lake um and he just like beelines it through the lake trying to get to the cornucopia like he is so scared of these mutts he's he does not care if Katniss and Peter are right there and like he can kill them like they're terrifying enough that he is booking it to the cornucopia try to get to a higher place so that he can't get eaten by these mutts in the movie this is when we see Thresh die Thresh dies because he gets attacked by the mutts um which is just completely inaccurate to the book um so Katniss and Peter make their way to to the cornucopia um they both book it there's a moment where Katniss is running and she like is already on top of the cornucopia and then she realizes that Peeta has a leg injury and can't run quite as fast as Katniss um, and looks back and of course he's like a few paces behind her um and we see her you know shoot some arrows at at these uh at these mutts so in in the movie uh, Katniss, Peeta, and Cato are all on top of the cornucopia. And, you know, you have the classic antagonist speech. Actually, I'm not going to say that Cato is an antagonist. He's a, he's a minor protagonist. Like, he's not the bad guy. He's just a kid that was also put into this system and he has to fight, you know, other children to win. But classic speech, um, and he just talks a lot about how he needs to bring honor to his district, all that. All, and he's holding Peeta in, like, a headlock during this. 
he doesn't have this huge speech in the book. In in the book, of course, he has Peta in a headlock. Um, all he says is that if Katniss shoots him, Peta will also be killed. Um, and then we see the you know. Peta draws the X on Kato's hand um, and Katniss is like, oh, yeah, no, I can do that. I could shoot this kid in the hand. You know, it, it plays out pretty accurately to the movie and the book. Um, the biggest difference after Katniss shoots Kato in the hand um, and then he falls off of the cornucopia is that the mutts spend several hours ripping Kato apart. It's not immediate. Like Katniss cannot see Kato. Like there's no clear shot for her to actually shoot Kato so that he doesn't suffer. He actually gets he actually gets dragged into the mouth of the cornucopia uh, by these mutts, and they you know spend way too long you know like tearing at him um, and ripping him apart. And I I believe that Katniss kind of like finds a way down into the cornucopia or something just to see if there's any way that she could see him to maybe end his suffering like they know that he isn't dead yet because no cannon has gone off um and it's been hours and they can still hear him whimpering and hear the mutts you know tearing into him apparently she sees she sees kato's face at this point and just sees him mouth the word please in the movie we do not see where Katniss shoots Kato. Um, in the book, we know that Kato um, got this like body armor from the supplies that were initially provided in the cornucopia. So she knows like she can't shoot him in the heart. Um, so I believe that she shoots him in the head. And immediately after she shoots Kato, the mutts run away and disappear. Like they don't attack Katniss and Peta. Um, and this is like. The next part plays out pretty, pretty accurately. Um, in the movie, after after Katniss kills Kato um, and they make their way off of the cornucopia, they're like, okay, we just won the Hunger Games. Like, we're ready to go. Um, an announcement comes over the loudspeakers and says they changed the rules back and there can only be one victor, which just the worst freaking move like i mean we all saw it from a mile away when they announced it the first time but still like waiting until it was just district 12 like come on guys these are teenagers <laughs> they just made out in a cave for like three days like give them a break um in the book they spend a little bit of time talking about how this is going to go down um pita 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 um, he actually got bit on the leg by one of the mutts um, and is very close to death. So, of course, Peta is like, just kill me. Like, I'm already almost dead anyway. Um, and Katniss is like, no way. Absolutely not. Um, and this is when she suggests the double suicide thing and pulls out these poisonous berries and hands some to Peta. The book I mean, it's definitely better, to, I think, to read the book because you have the added benefit of Katniss narration, um, which makes it obvious that she like she is actively thinking like I am positive that the game makers will not allow both kids at the end of this game to die and not have a tribute win and she was a hundred percent right um in the book katniss and Peta go so far as to put the berries actually in their mouths like they actually put the berries in their mouth and then claudius templesmith 
tells them to stop to, and spit them out. And Katniss also quickly, she like washes out her mouth um, with water, makes sure Peta does it as well. And in the movie, uh, Claudius stops them before they put the berries in their mouth, which is fine. Also, I might have been saying Claudius or uh, Seneca. So Seneca is the game, like he is the head game maker. Um, and I mistakenly assumed that he was the one that was doing the announcements in, in the games in the movie. Um, but it is actually Claudius Templesmith that is doing the announcements. So in, in, uh, in the book, like immediately after the announcement, they play the, the winning anthem, all that stuff. They get, uh, picked up almost immediately by some hovercraft. Katniss and Peter are taken separately. Katniss is pretty healthy. She has some like external injuries, but she's not like dying from blood poisoning like PETA is essentially. So like she has less work that she needs to have done. In the book, PETA gets his leg amputated and like literally replaced with a prosthetic. Um, In the movie, he doesn't lose his leg at all, which like even with their super magic medicine that they have in the capital, like nothing could have saved that leg. Like he, it was done. Um, in the movie, he doesn't lose his leg. Uh, in the book, Katniss undergoes some treatment for her deaf ear um, and it is repaired. Um, but like they, they never mentioned the fact that she loses part of her hearing in the film. So there's nothing to fix there. Um, in, in the, so a big thing after the games is that they, they never really discuss in the movie the, the fact that Katniss and Peeta had to pretend to be in love to gain sponsors. Instead, it was made to appear like they were actually in love, even though Katniss wasn't. But I mean, I, it's hard to, it's hard to say if that was intentionally done or not because you don't have the internal monologue from Katniss. And so at the at the end of the games when when they finally like crown a tribute, they literally crown a tribute and this is the second time you see President Snow in the book. Second and last time you see President Snow in the book. <laughs> He's not in the movie guy. He shouldn't be in the movie guys. He's barely in the book. Anyway, that's not the point. So they literally crown the victors. In the book, they break the crown in half and give a half to each. Give a half of the crown to both Katniss and Peeta. And in the movie, they just get their own crowns. Nothing big there. I wouldn't say that this detracts from from the story at all considering that they added president snow so much into the movie um in the movie snow president snow notices the mockingjay pin on on katniss's dress and he makes a comment about it but he i mean he barely has any dialogue in the books um and like it doesn't like what he says doesn't take away from the movie at all it doesn't take away from the story at all but it was you know like he didn't say anything, so <laughs> maybe you keep it that way. The books, so because of what Katniss did, the Capitol knows, President Snow knows that that the defiance was instigated by Katniss. Um, and in the books, they make it way more clear that Katniss's life is in danger. And not just her life, but her family's life and Peta and his family, all of that. Um, the film, the movie doesn't really cover that very well. Like by the end of the first movie, it's like, oh, cool. They won the Hunger Games. That's so awesome. Now they get to go home and be happy and have a wonderful life. Uh, but guess what, guys? There's two more books. <laughs> so no, they don't get to 
go home and have a happy, wonderful life. <laughs> like, there's more story to tell. So, like, in the movie, like, you don't really get that. You don't really get that um, feeling of, like, fear uh, that Katniss is definitely feeling because it is made very clear to her that if she makes another misstep, like, she's done. Like, she will be the next Avox. Um, and in the book, they make a point not to not to tell PETA about any of this. Um, he remains kind of oblivious to this. Um, Katniss and PETA actually get in an argument on the train on the way home uh, about whether Katniss is faking his lo- her love for him. Um, PETA, of course, is totally crushed by the fact that Katniss was essentially mostly faking for the games. This is like very pivotal for like the story and you don't see it at all you don't see it at all in the movie they don't have this conversation in the movie so when you get to the opening of the first or the second movie um it's weird why they're not talking to each other in the movie it doesn't make sense why they would not be friends at least and you open on the second movie and they're like distant and cold to each other they get home they get home from from the games. They're holding hands. I believe Katniss is wearing that same blue dress that she wore to the reaping. Um, and of course, she sees Gail and her family. At the end of the movie, we see Peta and Katniss holding hands again, which is supposed to be like it juxtaposes um, him doing that in the chariot ride in the Capitol, knowing it's primarily for the audience and not for him. Yeah. So at the very, very end of the movie, at the very end of the book, you see, you see, uh, Katniss and Peta get home. They hold hands. It's adorable. You see Gail, you see Peta or Katniss's mom and sister, all of that. Um, and then the biggest difference, the very end of the movie, as I said, like President Snow, was not in, it should not have been in the movie so much but you know whatever storytelling at the very end of the movie you see Seneca Crane being led into a room in the Capitol, and this room is completely empty except for a table with a bowl on it and in that bowl is poisonous berries um and we are left with the assumption that he was made to eat them and die so that's cool <laughs> there's a lot more to that um but that is all in book two so we'll get to that at some other point i will let you guys know when i'm going farther into different series i am considering going back into harry potter um i'm sure if you've listened to the first few episodes of this show from about a year ago you know that i kind of (laughs) went off a little bit uh because of my feelings about jk rowling and I maintain those feelings, but uh, the terribleness of the human does not detract from what I gained from the story itself. So I will probably be going back into that um, and I will probably end up doing like the entire series in a season. Um, and I'll probably the, I'll probably do the same thing for Hunger Games. I'm not going to re-record the first, the first book though. Um, probably just reference back to these episodes and then do book two and book three consecutively um so that's exciting uh also i will be taking next week off um as i mentioned as i mentioned uh in the last episode i decided that i'm going to take about a week off between books um and that is so that i can make sure that i read the entire book and watch the movies associated with that book um, to better 
you know, provide provide a show for you and provide provide like decent content for you guys. So I will not be releasing a show next week, but uh, Beauty and the Beast will be coming out October 22nd. So keep an eye out for that. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to engage in conversation, best place to do that is my Instagram, definitely, Authors Intent Instagram. Um, there's also an a Twitter and then you can follow my personal stuff too. I definitely share some stuff about this show on my personal pages as well. I think that's everything. Thank you guys so much for joining me for The Hunger Games. This has been really fun. I've really enjoyed reading this book again and watching the movies and um, I've enjoyed some of the conversations I've had with people that have listened to the show. Um, it's been really exciting to have that kind of interaction. Um, and I, I seriously, I love watching movies so much and I love reading books so much. So this is like dream, dreams coming true for me making this podcast. So I really appreciate the interaction and the support and the listens. Um, I, my husband told me that I should probably tell people to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star rating on um, Apple Podcasts uh, to help get the word out. Um, be sure to share with a friend, especially if that friend really is into the book that we are currently going through or going to go through. Yeah, that's everything, I think. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful week off, and I will see you next, not next week, I will see you in two weeks with Beauty and the Beast. Thanks. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench where every week we discuss our modern world over a fresh cocktail. We start with three ounces of a favorite philosopher. Take your pick of Hobbes, Locke, or Rousseau. Next, we pour in a shot of modern discourse like Second Amendment policy or renewable energy. Sweeten with a dash of lighthearted conversation about salsa cereal or the private space industry. Shake with ice and strain with ideas about modern art or raw milk regulation. Garnish with intellectual humility and moderate optimism. Cheers. Highline. Normal people in normal places.